Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. It's Sunday night. It's late-ish. And we're here doing a podcast. Here we are. Never not podcasting. Matt's got... Every day Matt has more uh, toast merch. Toast of London. (laughs) I have a coffee mug that says, yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. (laughs) Currently wearing a t-shirt, similar design. Says, yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Apparently, it's the most quotable portion of the show. Well, and then every so often, you just like blast the audiobook. Uh, yeah, I didn't know about the audiobook until friend of the show, Brian Quinn, told me about it the other day. He showed me his laptop, and uh, his laptop had toast... <laughs> Uh, sticker. He had a had a. I guess I can hear you, Clem Fandango sticker. Wow. So 
I mean, if you haven't watched Toast of London yet, available on Netflix, wherever your podcasts are, well, no, wherever what? you get your <laughs> Netflix. Let's see. Where is this going? Here you go. Here's a little taste. To Sam, one can only presume he is a shitbag. A shitbag, a bastard, and a cunt. A fucking evil There's scumbag. children who listen to this. <laughs> Gonna have to put so a, there we have it. Okay. We're going to have to put a, to say we're gonna have to put a content Bench warning on this. didn't her words. But has she stepped over the line? When does honest, objective, and fair criticism descend into vulgar abuse? Well, the clue here, I think, is in the line, he is a f***ing evil scumbag <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Where is the nuance to praise of the We can't here? play this. <laughs> What? That's just toast, you know? This is toast of London. I know, but there's like children who listen to this. Uh, are there? Yes. Oh, kids, don't repeat anything toast ever says. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So. Boy, oh boy. Anyway. Did you know it was going to play that? No. <laughs> it was just the, that was just where I left off of the audiobook. Of course, yes. Toast on toast, read by. Stephen Toast, <laughs> aka Matt Berry. Um, yeah, apologize a little early in the podcast to be dropping a c word. I'll probably bleep the c word and leave the rest. Okay, you know. Yeah, sure. The Brits have a way with it that we don't. You know. Yeah, they do. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, it's 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 getting there. It's getting there slowly but surely. Uh, I would say every day I'm 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 on my feet for longer. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I would say that I am also sleeping better. Um, but yeah, I think you know it's the, it's it's the real the fatigue thing's real. I know I said it last week, but I'll say it again. But it just is like it sort of lingers for longer than you think it should. Yeah. So, and then you do much stuff or do a little stuff in my case. And then all of a sudden you're just like, I need to go lay down. Yeah. And it's not like you're typical out of shape. I need to go lay down. It's just like, you're just exhausted. Yeah. So took a nap at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> after being up for 45 minutes. It's like a little baby nap. Yeah, it's like, I was like, like the oh, way babies I need nap. A nap now. Yeah. <laughs> and then I fell asleep for like forty-five minutes to an hour or so, um, and then I probably could have slept again, but didn't. Um, and then I don't even remember what was for lunch. Leftover Chinese food. Oh, which I didn't really eat because mm. I didn't like it. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I think I'm a little hungry, but whatever. Um, slowly, slowly getting back to normal, I hope, and um, I will hopefully be back at work on um, Monday of next week. Not this coming, not, not February 1st, but right. yeah. Luckily, we're on a we have a hiatus week this week, so yeah, that's fortunate. Very, very fortunate. Anyway, 
that's sort of that's sort of it. I mean, I'll just you know, I said it on the Patreon. I'll say it over here again, just so everybody knows how great Dory Shafir the lady is. You know, she really plowed through that 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 ten day uh, quarantine period. Um, just. You know, she really did a great job. She took care of Henry and me and somehow wrote two freelance pieces and turned in a book not long after. So, you know, she says to me a lot, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel seen. You know, she's always like telling me that I don't see her, um, which is ridiculous because I'm nearsighted. But I can definitely, even without my glasses, see you, Dory Shapiro, the lady. Um, so I just want to say I appreciate her to everybody listening. Because, you know, saying it to her is not enough. <laughs> That's not true. Uh-huh. Look, I just think yeah, I'll scream for the mountaintops when I have the lung capacity, you know? I just think uh, it was really remarkable. You really just did everything and nothing at the same time. I did everything and nothing. You did not. You did everything while I did nothing. Oh, I see. Yeah. I felt like I was just on like autopilot. Yeah, you know, I like when you're when I'm overwhelmed, busy, and then I just go, "All right, well, this is what it is." Yeah, that was kind of how I felt. It's a great way to operate through life, isn't it? It's very draining. Yeah, it can be. I was like, well, it was also like, it wasn't just busy. It was also like stress of like worrying about you. Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to get worse? Like, right. is he going to spike a fever? Is he going to have, you know, is the shortness of breath going to get like worse? Mm-hmm. Is his blood oxygen level going to plummet? So there's just always that. And I didn't want to seem too freaked out because I didn't want to freak you out. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, also, like, we were hardly around each other, so. No, was... but, like, I was checking in on you. Like, I, I was always asking you for your vitals. Yes. Like, check your temperature, check your blood oxygen. What is it? Which I did. Have you taken your supplements? No, I forgot. Right. Like, all that. It's usually how it goes. Yeah. Ask me. Anything. How'd you sleep? I forgot. Just my answer to everything. Yeah, now. I sleep not well. Yeah, I was up very late watching Bargain Hunt, probably. Yeah. So I don't know. So that was just like, it was like insanely busy plus high anxiety. Yes, not the Mel Brooks picture. No, the well, Dorisha Freer, the lady picture. Yeah. So I mean, it just it just it's it's out there, everybody. We got we got two friends that just got it this week. Yeah. Um, both in New York. Both in New York. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Except uh, keep your eyes covered with some glasses and your wear your face mask and have yeah. a great time. I remember the two days I was out and about. I didn't have my glasses on. Yeah. And I got COVID in my eyeball, probably. I don't know. I really don't know. I still don't know. I know. We, we, and there's no way to know. Yep. Which is like the crazy thing. So, anyway. <sighs> anyway, you know what? We should take 
an early break because we have a lot of emails to get to. I mean, we could also take emails before the break. Oh, you okay. Know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like that's, that's we're not just like bound. That's true. We do run this show. Yeah. There's no okay. like there's no preset. It's true. Um, well, before we get to emails, let's just remind everyone that we have a Facebook group. Yeah, it's there. It's facebook.com forward slash something. Forward slash groups slash excellent adventure. Excellent adventure. Um, and please, we love your emails. Please email us at doryandmatt at gmail.com or mattanddorygmail.com. You can also email us a voice memo. You can also call us or text us at 413-461-BABY. That's right. All right. We're going to get into emails then. Okay. Right. Is, okay, we can do this. I mean, unless, unless you have more to say. You said that we never got emails, right? We didn't get emails last time. No, like two weeks ago, we didn't get emails. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. All right, this is from Emily. To the listener asking about whether to do the amnio. During my first pregnancy, we found out that both my husband and I are carriers of the gene for cystic fibrosis. So we had to do a CVS chorionic villi sampling, which is similar to amnio and carries slightly more risk. It was definitely stressful, but obviously our stress was compounded by the uncertainty of whether the fetus was affected by CF. He wasn't and everything turned out okay. We did IVF with PGS slash PGD to try to circumvent the stress with the second pregnancy, but I found myself in the same position as the listener, wondering about that 1% chance that the test was wrong. I did some digging and talked to some genetic counselors, and from what they said, it sounded like the margin of error for PGD is probably much less than 1%, but the genetic testing companies, of course, want to cover their asses and mitigate their liability. I dithered for quite a while, but ultimately the small chance of losing a healthy pregnancy after the rigmarole of IVF was more anxiety-provoking than the small chance of the testing being inaccurate. Before I was in that position, I probably would have been surprised at that choice. I'm an anxious control freak who likes to eliminate as much uncertainty as possible. That said, I was surprisingly at peace with my decision after I made it. If you do opt for the amnio, make sure it's with a doctor who has done it hundreds of times. The experience level of the physician is a big part of the risk factor. No hot dogs yet this year, but there will be many. Oh, wow. It's a promise. Trapped in Berkeley within 2,400 square feet with a husband and two ornery toddlers. Wow. Berkeley, California? Just said Berkeley, but I assume Berkeley, California. You never know. You do never know. Um, Thank you. That is some good info. That surprised me that you opted for it. Hmm. You know, I was following along. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she went for it. And I was like, whoa. Well, no, she went for it with the first one because they didn't do Yeah, IVF. but didn't she also go for it with the second no, one? No, she didn't go for it with the second one. The small chance of losing a healthy pregnancy after the rigmarole IVF, meaning the chance of losing it from the amnio, was more anxiety-provoking than the small chance of the test being inaccurate. She didn't do the amnio on the second pregnancy. I don't know if that's clear. I thought it was clear. I thought it was abundantly clear. All right. Um, All right. Well, thank you, Emily. Because I interpreted it as... I know how you interpreted it, but you the interpreted small, it incorrectly. I couldn't live with that small thing after going through IVF, so I did it. No. Okay. Okay. Thank you. This is from Sarah. Sending support to the listener considering an amnio. I got an amnio to resolve an inconsistency in my testing. The NIPT said everything was fine. The 12-week screening suggested potential issues. 
Because I had a history of repeat miscarriages presumed chromosomal, I wanted to know what was going on. The procedure was quick and not too uncomfortable. I made a point not to watch since I'm squeamish about needles, and the results were good, giving me a lot of relief, and that baby is now a boisterous toddler. That I would describe Henry as a boisterous toddler. Uh, he gets more rambunctious each day. Yeah. That said, on a subsequent pregnancy with no conflicting test results, I did not get an amnio, even though I had the history of past miscarriages. Everything was also fine. Because the listener has no indication of issues in her other testing, I would likely not suggest an amnio unless she really just needs the reassurance. If she does, she might also discuss her anxiety levels with a mental health provider. It's so normal to have a high anxiety pregnancy after such a tough road, but there are lots of options to help manage it. Sarah in Virginia with one husband, one 18-month-old, one 12-week-old, and one sweet but grouchy teenage dog. Teenage dog. Many sausages consumed, but no hot dogs per se. Interesting. Mm. I like this delineation that we keep getting from our listeners. Yeah. Sausage versus hot dog. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not the same. I tend to think of a hot dog as like a sausage kind of a thing. I feel like a hot dog is a sausage, but a sausage is not a hot dog. Correct. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Even when it's in bread? I don't think it is. Mm. Me either. Mm. Thank you. Wow. We are similar. Same Z's. Um, okay. One last email about this issue from Jen. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. I paused the pod to comment about the anonymous listener who called in asking about an amnio. So I used to work for a local hospital at the lab that does the NIPT and nuchal translucency tests. Wherever the listener got their ultrasound, that lab should be associated with genetic with a genetic counselor practice. I would recommend that they set up a meeting with one of the genetic counselors to talk about their concerns. A genetic counselor would be the most knowledgeable person to give them the best recommendation. Hope this helps. Jen in Pittsburgh in 1,500 square feet, one husband, two maniac kids, one 11-year-old snuggly yet neurotic old man dog. And... Jen adds, I hate hot dogs. <laughs> so zero, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, she didn't specify, but I assume. Well, everyone get your hot dog counters out and uh, hit us up at the break. Uh, we'll be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, 
anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is. That's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know uh, stripes on the top of it. it's like oh hey look at me i'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person they've got those too and they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff you know if for all you frill seekers out there folks all i'm saying is you heard me talk about bombas for years now i don't know why you haven't done anything about it get comfy this spring and give back with bombas Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back. Have you all tallied your hot dogs with an abacus of sorts? Hot dog abacus. Yeah. It's all like right. A, it's like an indie band name, Hot Dog Abacus. Um, we have a voice, mem- a voice memo that was emailed in. And oh, okay. in the email, she clarified, she said, I forgot to mention that I eat probably three hot dogs a year mm-hmm. and my husband and children hate hot dogs, so they won't eat them at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yep, yep, yep. All right, here we go. Hello, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. This is my first time calling in. I've been listening to you guys for a while. Um, in fact, uh, my Eli is only uh, a couple weeks behind Henry. You got your good news, and then we got our good news. So they've been growing up together, sort of. Um, I, I'm calling in because I'm sort of struggling right now. Um I already have two miracle babies, and so I feel a little bit of guilt about the way I'm feeling, but um, because I feel extremely lucky to have them. Uh, I have diminished ovarian reserve, which means that uh, over my seven cycles of IVF that it took to get my babies, I never had any embryos to freeze. I never had more than two embryos at a time. In fact, Eli um, was the result of one follicle, one egg, one embryo. Um, the day three transfer that just miraculously took. Uh, so they really are my, my miracle children. For my first, those seven cycles, I started when I was around 33, um, I had a very low AMH, like almost not even measurable. Um, and But my FSH was always pretty normal. So we got the insurance to cover it. I live in Massachusetts, I should say, so I'm also lucky enough to have insurance. Uh, covering all of this, but uh, my insurance covered it. No oh, that was good. Now I'm 39. 
Um, my husband sort of planted the seed that we could handle a third. And, and so it's sort of gotten my hopes up thinking I want another. Um, I just got tested again. My AMH is still dreadfully low. Um, but now my FSH is very, very high. It's in its twenties. They want it to be below 10 to be considered kind of normal. So I'm at this point where, um, the nurse today told me, they can't send that number to the insurance because the insurance is just going to say no. So they're going to want me to get retested. Um, and I'm just kind of, I guess the, the expectation that this is never going to work is, is there. But now that the expectation has sort of become reality, I'm, it's, it's really hard for me. Um, and I'm thinking like, it's hard to say that I'm not going to have any more. I'm so frustrated that some people can just choose to have another kid and then do it. Right. Um, whereas I really have no choice. Um, so I guess my question is, or what I'm trying to decide here is, um, there are, I've been researching and maybe your other listeners have some ideas on ways to lower your FSH. And I know that FSH is sort of a symptom of my egg problem. So lowering FSH is not going to fix my problem, but it might, uh, artificially lower it sort of for insurance purposes. So I've started taking wheatgrass shots and all those things just to see if I can lower my FSH for the purposes of insurance. Um, I'm just wondering if you or your your listeners have come across any other ideas. Um, In the meantime, I'm just sort of mourning this one day at a time and, and trying to come to the realization that this may be it. And I'm super grateful for my family and I, um, and we're happy with two, um, and my husband doesn't understand why I'm so upset since this is what we expected. But I guess it's just that jump to reality that I have no choice. Um, that's that's especially difficult for me. So thanks so much for listening. Um, I am uh, Mary in Massachusetts, 1,500 square feet with a three-and-a-half-year-old, a one-and-a-half-year-old, and three small, very loud, multi-poo dogs. Thanks. Oh, those are the, that's who we heard. Multi-poo? Multi-poo. Maltese. Oh, Maltese. Cockapoo? No. Maltese Falcon. <laughs> that must be it. Um. Well, you know, I'd love to hear from listeners if they have thoughts. Mary, I I hear you. The, it is really hard to feel like you don't have the choice anymore. I relate to that a lot. So... Me too. <laughs> no, you don't. What? You don't relate to that. <laughs> I was tired thinking about her having a third kid. <laughs> I just heard the dogs back there, and the, I was like, "Oh my god, can you imagine?" You know what's also like frustrating for me, just listening to her story, is mm. that her husband planted this whole idea in her head. Of like, maybe we could handle a third kid. And like, once it was there, it's kind of like taken root. Yeah. But I feel like if he had never said anything, she probably wouldn't be feeling this. I see. Did I say, let's have a second kid? No. Oh, thank God. Good, good. <laughs> cool. Great. Um. All right. Well, maybe a listener has a suggestion for you and uh, we'll be thinking of you. All right. This is from... Let's see, what, let's see what you can pound besides wheatgrass shots. Yeah. This this we got via text, so I don't know. Oh, well, they said it's from Anonymous. Um, 
first time caller slash texter because Andrea's story seems so similar to mine. This is to Andrea who had multiple failed transfers. I have unexplained infertility and after four retrievals and three failed PGS normal transfers, I'm also on my last PGS normal embryo. I've completed all the same tests as you and everything has checked out too. So frustrating. The two things I can think of is one, taking an EFT test. It is conducted by a doctor at Yale. Your doctor mails in the biopsy, but is more comprehensive than the Receptiva test. You can Google it for more details, but I believe it looks for autoimmune markers, endometriosis, and can help confirm the correct transfer meds dosage. That's what I took. I did the EFT. Yeah, but it didn't have to go to Yale. Yes, it did. It did? Yeah, it did. Whoa. Yeah, I know. All right. The other thought, which I've heard at times on this pod, is to try a gluten and sugar-free diet. I haven't had the willpower to do it myself, but I've heard success stories for women who had PCOS and inflammatory issues. If your doctor is unwilling to change your protocol, I agree with Dory that it is worth getting another consult or spending the extra money to have your embryos transferred elsewhere, especially if this is your last transfer. P.S. Figuring what what the baby portion of the phone number, 413461 baby, is very challenging via text. Good luck, Andrea. Yeah, I'd imagine it is. Um, and that's from Anonymous in 1,700 square feet in SoCal. No hot dogs in 2021. SoCal. What up, SoCal? There aren't any good hot dogs out here. Don't feel bad. <laughs> um, some good advice in this email. Th- I, mean, I mean, in this text. Thank you so much for these thoughts. And yeah, I hope Andrea can get some answers. We're thinking of you, Andrea. All right, this is an update from a listener we heard from a long time ago. Don McLean. Her name is D. I mean, that's Could she just Don went McLean. by D. Could be Don McLean. Long, she writes, "Hello, Dory and Matt. I'm glad to hear that Matt is on the men from COVID and that it was not passed on to anyone else. I'm writing with an update after my email last year about my miscarriage that led to an emergency room visit, blood transfusions, and hospitalization. It is now." Six months since my miscarriage, and I just had a positive pregnancy test last Monday. I knew that it would be hard emotionally and psychologically to be pregnant again, but I never could have imagined how hard it would actually be. I think I have some serious trauma from my experiences last year, and this is like forcing a traumatized person back into the circumstances that traumatized them. I think I've also avoided some of the emotional processing that needs to happen about my miscarriage because I've been filling every moment I can with noise so that I don't have time to ruminate. I'm always listening to podcasts, watching TV or YouTube or reading, sometimes a combination just to keep my mind busy. I've been meaning to get into therapy for months now, and I kept telling myself I would definitely do it if and when I got pregnant again, but now I find myself such a mess and so depressed that it's too hard to set it up. I really just wanted to vent about my situation, so thank you for giving me that space. I haven't been able to tell any friends or family yet that I'm pregnant, which adds to the loneliness I'm already feeling due to the pandemic. Thanks again for being one of the voices in my ear, keeping me from losing my mind during this time. Cheers, D from New England. Oh, D. Well, first of all, congratulations yes. on the pregnancy. But I totally hear you about the trauma. And... Yeah, I mean, I know you say that you've been too depressed to even like go to therapy or, you know, set up therapy, but please, please try to find a therapist. Dee, I also would like to say that I have never met anybody who also will do a combination of those things at the same time, reading, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube all at the same time. Maybe Dee also has ADHD. Dee, you might have ADHD, but I still do it. 
even though I'm on medication. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like medication totally gets rid of ADHD. No, but the chemical, you know. I mean, I, I, look, I think I'm just like, I can really absorb a lot of information at once. But I often forget to do things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to tell everybody. Um, D, would it be easier to look into this? This this company is a Forever Thirty Five advertiser. Full disclosure, but um, BetterHelp is one of those like online um, therapy providers, and they'll they'll set you up with a therapist. But like the onboarding process is very easy. So you're not kind of like sifting through like names and trying to set up appointments and stuff. Mm. It's a much simpler like platform to use. So you might think about trying something like that out. And I believe there's a promo code. <laughs> I think there's a promo code forever 35. Um, so maybe look into that just to kind of get yourself started just to be able to talk to someone because yeah, I think, I think it's really important that you kind of, have someone help you work through this trauma as you, as your pregnancy progresses. So good luck and please keep us posted. Very, very, very good luck indeed. Yeah. All right. This is from anonymous. Hi, Dorian, Matt. I'm looking for some advice. Not sure who else to ask as I have not even had this conversation with my husband as of yet. Well, we're the place to do that. <laughs> I'm 43 turning 44 in April, we're almost the exact same age, and have two IVF-conceived kids ages eight and almost seven. My husband has a Robertsonian translocation, so IVF is really our best chance at having babies. We went through one retrieval when I was 34 and have one remaining frozen PGD normal embryo and one frozen embryo that was not genetically tested for some reason. We've been paying freezer storage on these embryos since 2011, and due to my age, I feel we need to make a final decision, transfer or donate to science slash discard. My question is, am I crazy to think that we should try one last time? My kids are now older and really very easy. Would I be taking on too much? <coughs> that uh, that incense is kind of bothering me, by the way. It's, uh, it's out. I know, but it's like uh, very pungent. Open the window, the door. I had the to- door open. Attempt to add another person to our family. The thought of the increase in our expenses overwhelms me a bit, but I can't help but ask myself the question. If If we were to spontaneously become pregnant tomorrow, would I be happy about it? I think I would be. So have I answered my own question? Would love to hear your thoughts as well as thoughts from any listeners that have tried to conceive via IVF at my age. Thanks for the pod and for your tireless commitment to weekly episodes. This has been a very lonely year, and I look forward to your Monday episodes as part of my routine. Anonymous in 1,600 square feet with two adults, two kids, and a Puerto Rican rescue terrier mix. Zero hot dogs this year, but my eight-year-old loves them, so that will change soon. Why are you looking at me like that? What do you, what do you, I mean, I just, what do you have to say? What are my thoughts? Yes, Dory, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I think it's interesting that you've you've had these embryos in storage since 2011 and you're still paying for them. And it, it occurs to me that there is probably somewhere in the back of your mind your thought that you would transfer them someday, or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. And from your email, it sounds to me like you want to transfer an embryo. And that you will probably regret not transferring an embryo. 
Sounds like you need to sit down with your husband and go, hey, what do you think about having another kid? Yeah. And then your husband goes, go, ah, I don't know. What do you think? And then you go, ah, it's kind of digging at me. I think I really want one. And then we've got two normal embryos. Well, yep. we get a normal and an untested. Yep. Yeah, we're already that's saving right. money there. You should just have the conversation. We're already saving money there. Yep. You know? It's true. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. For your for your wise counsel. If you need to, you know, uh, you know, if you need to go have another baby, go ahead. If it's like a, if there's a free embryo out there just sitting there, that's normal. Go for it. Me? Yeah. What? I'm just saying. We don't have a an, a free embryo just I know. sitting out there. That's the point. We have an embryo that I think is probably normal. You do? Yeah, I do. When did you come around to that? I've been doing more reading. I see. Yeah. Well, then I think, you know, we should t- discuss the transfer with uh, Dr. Beck. Okay. You know, because you'll be 44, not in April, but in May. Yeah. Which I thought you were 44 for like two years, so... It's good that you're finally catching up to me. <laughs> How old are you? 45? I feel 58. <laughs> um, I did start, I was, the other day I was like, Matt's not even turning 40 for three more years. Yeah, that's right. Because I was like, I was like, what are we going to do for Matt's 40th? And I was like, Matt's not even <laughs> turning 40 for three three years my 40th in 2023 yeah or i guess now two and a half years yeah wait how old are you you're 37 yes you're 36 in my head i'm 37 i'll be 38 this year okay 39 next year. i literally thought you were 36 see this is what happens <laughs> when you get married to people that are like wildly different ages <laughs> you just sort of vaguely know how old someone uh, yeah, is yeah i vaguely knew how old you're like i know what year you were born but in my head, you were still 36, I think. Because I was like, oh, well, he'll be turning 37 on his next birthday. So then I'll be another like, oh, like a. But now that I know you're turning 38, that yeah, is a gotta, horse of a different color. Yeah, you really got to start that planning of my 40th birthday yep. party. And you know how much I love giant parties. Well, I know you don't love giant parties, but you do take your birthday pretty seriously. And I've managed to fuck it up pretty much every year. So no, remember that one year we went out to STK. Yeah. Like Ross and Kevin and yeah. Greg. And and then there was the year we went to the baseball game. Great. That was a great one. Yeah. I guess it's only been the last couple of years. I've kind of fucked it yeah, up. I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I need just like, you know, I'm good with like a small group at a dinner. Yeah. All right. I know. I know. Now I know. I'm also good in like Las Vegas, Nevada. Yep. As long as you get your cake. As long as I have a piece of cake. Yeah. Listen, I have some ideas. Which I've had by myself at at my Sons of Anarchy slot machine at the Cosmo. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. I hope you're all doing great. We're going to take another break and we'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, we're back. 
birthday plans are in full swing. Yeah. All right. This is from Erica. Hi, Matt and Dory. I had a long struggle with infertility from 2012 to 2019. Long story short, we somehow managed to have our first baby, Simon, the old-fashioned way back in 2014. Then did some IUIs and finally IVF for our second baby, Inara. See if you can guess our favorite sci-fi show. Simon and Inara. Don't have it. I don't know. I mean, I definitely wouldn't have it. Look, I can can Google it. (laughs) Um, In 2019, I had one round of egg retrieval where they collected 15 eggs. I kind of wish it was Sam and Ziggy, so it was Quantum Leap, but... uh, uh, with 11 of them fertilizing. This would have been great news, except we had them PGS tested. Firefly, that's why I didn't know. Uh, and only two came back normal. Our daughter was born from our last shot, normal embryo, lucky number 10, and now we are so happy to be done with IVF. So my question is, Dory, have you or any of your listeners experienced ovulation pain after IVF? I have very normal periods and no PCOS that I know of, and before IVF, I would have a small amount of pain with ovulation here and there. Since I got my period back after having Inara, every single month I have very consistent pain in my ovary region only on the day I ovulate. It's about a 6 out of 10, so not insignificant. Usually more on my right side, but sometimes both sides and ibuprofen does help. But I'm just wondering where it's coming from. Most often I don't have any pain when my period starts, so I'm thinking it's probably not endometriosis. I do have IBS, but I've had that for a long time now. So I'm not sure how it would suddenly be worse. So could I maybe have scar tissue from the egg retrieval? Again, I've only done one. I would appreciate anything you guys might know about this since my OB basically just shrugged and told me to take pain meds. I've been listening to Matt on podcasts, Nerdist, than this one since 2011, and he was always my favorite member of the Nerdist crew. So I'm really happy that you guys have fulfilled your IVF dream. Thank you. Congrats on Henry. I always listen to the show three months behind because he's three months older than my daughter. Oh, I see. You don't want any spoilers. And it's fun to pretend they're going through milestones together. <laughs> That's funny. Erica in a 2,000 square foot house with a husband, a seven-year-old, an 18-month-old, a cat, and two rats. My son picked the rats out to be his pandemic pets with plans to get a dog this summer. <laughs> That's cute. It is. Um, No. I have occasionally felt some very slight like very slight like some cramping around ovulation but not really definitely not a six out of ten so this this is not something i can offer any real advice on but maybe someone has um just take some mydol some thoughts and call it a day thank you mydol thank you doctor it'll solve everything (laughs) i've seen commercials um all right we have another email um also yeah no i've never seen firefly everybody it's always a shock to people when i say that out loud so there you go i love nathan fillion he's he's a lovely gentleman good guy very friendly we say hello we know each other Mm -hmm. i've never seen firefly (laughs) firefly seems like a very big Comic-Con show. It is, it, uh, because it's Joss Whedon and it's science fiction and it's, you know, spaceships and Joss Whedon. So, mm. I mean, oh, it's very Comic-Con-y yeah. in and of itself. And, you know, Fillion and um, Alan Tudyk and just like so many, there's like, and they're they're big uh, sci-fi actors. They're great. And mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. all funny and it all, you know, 
all all it jives together. Everything was in the cards to make it a very popular program among a niche audience, hence it getting canceled after a season. Oh, it only ran for one season? As far as I know. I thought it was like 13 episodes total. Wow. Am I crazy? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I'll find out. All right. Matt's going to find out while I read the next email. Hi, Matt and Dory. When my husband was in his very early 20s, he and his then girlfriend experienced an unintended pregnancy that ended in miscarriage around eight weeks. Because of this experience, our conversations about making steps towards a pregnancy 14, of our own. 14 episodes. Huh. All right. What year did it, did it run? I feel like 03. Let me see. Oh, two. Oh, it ran until December of 02. Very My close. brain's pretty good about that brain kind of thing. pretty good. Um, I've brought up some trauma and anxieties for my husband. Luckily, he has been able to identify these anxieties and share them openly with me. While we cannot predict how his past experience will manifest in our own pregnancy journey, we are trying to identify the best ways to address it before we take steps to get pregnant. I'm sympathetic to this trauma, and I recognize that anxiety and fear will play a role in our journey despite our best efforts to prepare. Do you have any insight or advice or do any listeners have advice on supporting a partner who has experienced miscarriage in the past? I would appreciate the perspective of a male or non-pregnant partner. Thank you for this wonderful show, Anonymous. Um, I would suggest therapy. We could just like have an AI program set up to be Dory on a podcast. I suggest therapy. Why don't you talk to them? <laughs> Things Dory says. I mean, that would make my life a lot easier when I have to do the podcast. What? So, yeah, sure. Set it up. That That is also a recording. You've been listening to <laughs> my DoryBot 4000. <laughs> Bet I, you weren't expecting me to say I that, I have huh? developed that also as something I programmed <laughs> it to say. Thank you, DoryBot. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, DoryBot. You're welcome. Okay, DoryBot skipping. You're welcome. Freeze, You're Dor- welcome. Dorybot, stop. You're welcome. Dorybot, stop. I'll replace you with Alexa. Dorybot, shut down. Uh, look, Dorybot is a big fan of therapy. Regular Dory is as well. I'm in therapy. It's nice to talk to people at a specific time every week. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. I feel like it's good for you to be in therapy. I feel like it's good for you to be in therapy. Mm. When's the last time you were in therapy? A long time ago. I know. I should go back. You should. You should. I know. My God. Crazy. Dory bot. Come on. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I would suggest therapy, in, like individual therapy for him, I think would be really helpful. Maybe couples therapy for the two of you to talk about this together. I think would be helpful. Um, yeah, those are my suggestions. All right. We have a, we got a couple of nanny questions. Uh, like for Holly? No. Should I call Holly? And have her nanny related questions. Gotcha. Okay. All right. First of all, just wanted to say that I'm very glad that Matt is feeling better. I'm looking for some childcare advice. I'm a medical resident who takes care of COVID patients regularly. Just before I got the second dose of vaccine, my nanny tested positive. Mm -hmm. She told me honestly that she had actually been feeling under the weather a few days before and had come to work anyway because she thought it was just a cold. I was really upset and extremely worried for about our 15-month-old science baby. 
She's a salaried employee. We pay her on the books and we put in her contract that she has unlimited sick days and emphasize when we hired her that we did not want her to come to work if she felt at all sick. Who thinks they just have a cold during a global pandemic? Me. <laughs> Thankfully, we all tested negative twice and didn't manifest symptoms, but it was an extremely stressful two weeks. Now I'm torn as to whether to keep her on because I'm concerned about her judgment. I don't blame her for getting sick just for coming to work when she thought she might have a cold. Of course, we continue to pay her while we all quarantine. It's been about a month and my husband has taken the time off work. I'm torn because I know it's hard to reprogram 30 years of childcare culture where, be where being dependable and showing up are the most important aspects of the job. She's a really attentive caregiver and my baby adores her. Also, I give her a lot of credit for trusting me during the height of the pandemic because I had a few nannies decline interviews because of concern from exposure due to my work. What would you do? Thanks for your help. Anonymous in 782 square feet in Brooklyn. Consume no hot dogs in the last calendar year. However, they were strangely one of the few foods I could stomach during my terrible first trimester nausea. Interesting. Oh, that would Where'd not. Where'd you go, Nathan's? That would not have <laughs> yeah, down been to Coney Island. something I wanted during my first trimester. Oh, God. Um. Okay. I totally understand where you're coming from. And I, and I imagine that this must have felt very scary and frustrating to you. That said, I think I would I would try to like just move on from this and bring your nanny back. Move on from just move on from being like upset and angry at the nanny. Certainly, yeah, I think you should express how you feel about it. And uh hopefully that they uh hear it and and, and process it and listen. Seven hundred and eighty two square feet. And an Annie on salary. What is going on in Brooklyn? It's Brooklyn. <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy. We're the same, though. I mean, we have a nanny on the books and, you know, sick days galore. Obviously, didn't come have to come when I was sick. Yeah. Sort of like, the, weirdly, the reverse thing of, like, what you pay a nanny for, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but like to help you know when you're not up to the that's yeah, what i mean yeah but like you can't have a nanny come when there's someone who has covid in the house yeah but like i could have slept out here <sighs> no i told you i could have slept in the shed no when i shed sleep that was not going to happen <laughs> could have happened pretty easily you would have had to go back and forth in the house to go to the bathroom and you could barely like stand up i would have just had to i would have peed Oh, in the in the in the yard, you know, like Bo. Okay, Bo pees no, everywhere. I'm all glad. The time. I'm glad I did not let you do that. Whatever. Um. Yeah i I think personally, I think I feel like there's like two reactions when people have COVID symptoms these days. I feel like there's the like super almost hypochondriac, like you like sneeze once and you're like, I have COVID. Yeah. And then there's also the like kind of just like dissonance when you actually have some cold symptoms, but you're like, no, there's no way I could have COVID. Right. Which was sort of, I mean, I had a headache and a little sinusy stuff. Right. Which I just was like, I just was like, obviously this is a cold. Right. This is not COVID. Whereas I had had some cold, I had like a very, very slight cold symptom maybe like two months ago. Maybe you were asymptomatic and had COVID the whole time. I got tested. Oh, I don't, I didn't remember. Yeah. That, no, that was what I was going to say is I had, oh, I remember I had a very slight sore throat 
And I was like, I probably have COVID. So I got tested and it was, I tested negative. I mean, part of, I think part of why I was like, I can't have COVID was I get tested three times a week. Right. Yeah. And the previous test I had had was negative. Yeah. From Friday. And then I had a headache on Sunday. So I was like, well, it's not COVID. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think I would, as, as much as you can, I think I would just try to forgive this lapse in judgment. It doesn't seem to reflect on her childcare abilities. Um, I think I would, I would bring her back. That's just me. So baby, come back. Um, all right. This is another nanny question. Hit it. My wife gave birth to our first child this past August. And though having a baby during COVID has been challenging, one of the very few benefits is that we will have made it through our daughter's first six months without requiring outside childcare. However, in March, all of our parental leave will be used up and without any relatives nearby and with daycare still too concerning to us because of COVID, we are looking for a nanny for about the next year or so. I know that you've talked about your nanny in the past and I was wondering how you went about finding her. (laughs) We plan to use a service to vet our options a little, but it's still so hard to know what types of things to take into full consideration. How did you know your nanny was right for you? How do you negotiate working from home with her in the house? Does she do any other kinds of work for you, such as meal prep, laundry, etc.? Do COVID concerns come into play at all? <clears throat> Perhaps most importantly for me, how do you get over the crippling sense of middle-class guilt that comes from something that feels so bougie? <laughs> I'd love to hear from you and any of your listeners who might have advice on this subject. Best Andrew in a 2000 square foot house in Southeast Austin with a wife, baby daughter, three cats, far too many comic books and zero hot dogs in 2020 and 2021 combined. Um, all right. Answer your questions. We found our nanny on next door. She had put up like an ad saying that she had just moved to town and she was available from Austin from Austin. Matter of fact. Yep. We interviewed three nannies. Um, we liked her the best and we also just liked her. Um, I mean, honestly, let's be real about what the key and Bo is a big Beauregard regard for us. Bo is just this huge wild card because he's a maniac and so. doesn't like most people. And he liked our nanny. Like yes. right away. Yeah. Um, he was chill. Which is like, I mean, really Bo does our vetting. <laughs> um she how do we negotiate working from home with her in the house? I don't know, it just kinda It just sort of happens. Just sort of happens. I mean, also I had worked from home before, even though I yeah. often left to go to like a co working space. Yeah. Um and you know because we live in LA she's able to be outside a lot which is nice like I would say the times when Henry is awake most of the time they're out at the house yeah you know they're on walks or they're at the park or whatever um she only does other work related to Henry so she like makes Henry's meals she does Henry's laundry Mm -hmm. um but she doesn't she's she doesn't do like housekeeping stuff uh, that is clear. Have you ever seen our house, everyone? <laughs> it is a mess. I mean, if she also did housekeeping stuff, she wouldn't have time to take care of Henry. Fair. Uh, do COVID concerns come into play at all? Yeah. Although, ironically, Matt was the one who ended up with COVID. I did it. I got COVID. 
Um, and then middle class guilt. You know, I think I just sort of remind myself that the United States is such a fucked up system when it comes to childcare that they force parents into these like untenable positions, especially those of us who don't live near family and have no other, you know, system of support. And even like, even if you were okay with daycare, it's like really hard to find a daycare that will take infants. They all have like three spots. Um, it's expensive. So, you know, there's just no great options for parents of, of babies. Yeah, the guilt would not be there. The guilt would be there if we like live down the street from our parents. And, yeah. you know. And, and they were like, please let us take care yeah, of him. Yeah, we're like, no, no. <laughs> Or if we had this like amazing free daycare like down the street that yeah. was like wonderful and you know just we automatically were able to sign Henry up and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um but as it stands it was just like we only had our only option was to get a nanny. And I think also like if you pay your nanny fairly and you you know you give them time off and you treat them like humans and like you shouldn't have guilt about it. It's the people who are like We'll pay $15 an hour under the table and you get, and like during their naps, you have to be like scrubbing the floors that I'm kind of like, um, <laughs> well, that, that's not great. <laughs> um, so I don't know. That's just how I feel. I think that uh, nap time is free time. So yeah. if you want to take a nap yourself, go for it. Totally. All right. Now we have some COVID emails. Okay. From Hillary, can you please share Dory's readiness list or COVID supplies, meds, etc., with me? I'm so impressed that she was ready ahead of the game. I'd like to do the same in case. Thank you. All right. Here's what you need. You need a thermometer, a working thermometer. Yep. You need a pulse oximeter. Yep. You need Tylenol. You need um, vitamin D vitamin C, zinc, quercetin, melatonin. Mm -hmm. um, you want to get some like mucinix, something to like clear the, clear the airways. Um, I tried to get mucinix that was not, you can get mucinix that is a cough suppressant. <clears throat> I tried to get ones that were only expectorants because you don't really want to suppress the cough. Like if, if they're coughing, you want to like get it all out. Um, and then I also had NyQuil because you really want to make sure that they're like sleeping overnight. Um, what else? Oh, Gatorade. I mean, that's like something that's easy to pick up, but yeah. Is there anything else? Antacid. Antacid, yeah, there was an anti. There was like a specific antacid whose name I'm blanking on that was like recommended. Um, but look up the Merrick protocol, M A R I K, and that's like basically what we followed with Matt. Yep. Um, and we 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 were, you know, successful. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um. All right. This is from Nacho. It's like the time you bought all that uh, toilet paper. Yeah, you exactly. Know, your mother thought you were crazy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's no toilet paper anywhere. Right, but we had toilet paper. Yeah, before the rush, everybody. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but I had bought like mucinix and Tylenol and like all that stuff. So like we had it. Um, natural natural banos. No, no. Uh, Nacho is checking for Matt's health updates. My wife and I did have COVID at the same time with an eight and a four year old at home last March. And I really don't remember the week in the middle at all. It was very scary indeed. This will affect your ability to think for a while. It took me more than a month to get back to normal brain activity, both for memory and for thinking straight. Be patient with it. Don't get frustrated. I see Dory has fully developed her mom's superhero powers already. Very glad to hear that Matt checked his oxygen regularly. It is an important indicator to know if one must rush to the hospital. Matt, I got cast as the, as the Spanish voice for Rutherford on Lower Decks. I've told him on oh, three nice. places. He's probably fed up of hearing from me already. You have a nice place here. May stay. <laughs> I think that is Nacho from from the Star Trek podcast. Oh, I don't know. Nacho does our jingles. Oh, like, love to all the family from Spain. Like that. Like like. Hang on. Here. I think. I think. I don't actually didn't know that Nacho had kids. First of all. Second of all. Uh, let me see. Here's one of his many jingles. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Oh, hang on. I need to switch this over to this. This is for if something doesn't make sense on Star Trek and I try to fix it with my own writing solution. It didn't make sense, but Matt tried to interpret it with what was given to him. Well, that's a mouthful. And then wow. uh, uh, this is what we play every time we start the episode. We, we go. We start actually talking about the episode. We crossed the many doors, the many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. Sit comfortably in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then when, um, when Andy tries to do an accent, um, we have this Andy's Accent Corner. It's Andy's accent corner. Andy's accent corner. Perfoyant. Andy's accent corner. Animo Andy, tú puedes. It's gonna be shit. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Long time contributor. Okay. Well, thank you, Nacho. Um, okay. Text. We got a text. Who said, uh, the text says, a dear friend of mine just tested positive for COVID. Her husband and two-year-old son are awaiting test results but do not have symptoms. I'd love to send them a care package of some kind. Any suggestions for what to include? Husband, six-year-old, and two-year-old identical twins from an IVF single embryo transfer. Mm. And she she did the yeah. grimace face. And a cat in 3,500 square feet in Connecticut. We have hot dogs about twice a month, more often in the summer. Um, I would send food. I would say, I'd send what your sister and brother sent. Yes, my brother and sister sent us groceries from Amazon um, Prime now or whatever. And they sent a ton of like great snack food and a ton of stuff for Henry, like a ton of stuff for like kids food. Yeah. Like, which was super helpful. Crackery stuff and like just, you know, stuff, kids stuff. Yeah. And like clementines and bananas and cereal. And the frozen Snickers bar was like such a welcome treat when I opened up the freezer. I was like, I really wish there was like a frozen Snickers bar and there was. Seriously? Yes. They ate them all. 
Yeah, I was like, where do they go? They all went in my belly. But I did I did eat the chocolate-covered bananas, which I thought were delicious. Yeah, yeah, I saw those. Yeah. They had one bag, one pack of that. I had most of them, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they, yeah, they really like knocked it out of the kind park. Of like that kind of stuff. They sent a box of Cheerios. Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like yeah. that and like Gatorade. Yeah, they did. So they sent a they carton sent the of Gatorade. Gatorade. The, the, the low the Gatorade light, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. What's it called? G2, I think. G2, yeah. sure. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah, that's a really good idea. I would do that. Okay. We have a voicemail. All right. Hey, Matt and Dory. This is Ricky calling from New York. Um, I had to pause the pod while emails about people pausing the pod. Um, well, first off, uh, Matt, feel better. Uh, my sister and her boyfriend both had COVID a couple months ago. Uh, my sister had, well, they both had mild symptoms. My sister got over it, started to negative after about two weeks. Um, her boyfriend, on the other hand, didn't test negative until about 40 days after his Jesus first positive Christ. diagnosis. Um, so I'm out of breath. I'm running through the streets of New York to get to work. Um, well, you're on the shorter end. Um, so, quiet. so hopefully, you know, everything works out for the best. Um, but the main reason why I'm calling is uh, for the region DVDs. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt, did you try the PS4? I have some UK DVDs, and they seem to work just fine on the PS4. Oh. I think the PS4 is not region locked, so try that. Um, hot so, yeah. tip. Sorry, out of breath. It's a very hot tip. Work, uh, <laughs> small apartment. Uh, I think maybe three hot dogs so far <laughs> in 2021. 2020, no idea. Maybe like 15. 15. Ten of those all <laughs> on one July 4th barbecue. All right. Uh, love you guys. Great podcast. Again, feel better. Dory, stay away from him. <laughs> you know, hold your water on him. Uh. Don't get that COVID. All right. Bye. Don't get that COVID. Okay. I, I didn't get that COVID so far, knock on wood. Um, thank you for that hot tip. All right. Region two. Here we go. Boom. We'll see if this works. Okay. Um, last couple of texts. Matt Berry's narrating Advil commercials. Stoked to hear that voice. He's narrating Advil commercials now. This is what this is what someone texted us. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so delightful. Um, next text, guys. Have you watched Bling Empire? Doctor Kelly Beck is on it, and it blows my mind that y'all use the same doctor as these people. It's Wait. a Netflix show. <laughs> DKB is on Bling Empire. Yes, they go to her. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, we do use the Bling Empire's uh, IVF. Do you see why it's so expensive? people <laughs> i'm not a direct descendant of any dynasty oh you've been seeing those previews too yes <laughs> they play constantly um okay last text hello matt and dory i was texting to see if if either you or your listeners have any recommendations for pretzel hot dog buns can't find any locally my weak google uh only gives me recipes, which I'm hesitant to try because I don't know if I'll even like pretzel hot dog buns. Also, I'm bad at baking. Thank you both so much. 
I've definitely had pretzel hamburger buns. I mean, I've had pretzel like, you know, like the, um, like at like an Auntie Anne's or something where you get a pretzel wrapped dog. Oh, sure. Yep. But yeah. That's like an actual pretzel. Not yeah. just like a pretzel flavored bun. I mean, but is that such a bad thing? No. Thank you. No, no, no. But it's not like she can just go to the grocery store and buy that, you know? True. Very true. So, I don't know. Just a just a thought. <sighs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Hmm. Already? Yeah, already. Sorry, I just got lost in Amazon while looking for Region 2 DVDs. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) I was just going to say. Make sure it works. Yeah, make sure it works. Okay. Well, just a reminder, you can support us on Patreon. Get up to two bonus episodes per month at patreon.com slash excellentadventure. We love our Patreon supporters. We are so grateful for them. And if you support us at the $5 level or above, you'll not only get the episodes, but you'll get your name right on the podcast each month. Yeah. So special thanks to Maria Bishop, Marina Breed, Mary Messick, Mary Myra. Hello, mom. I meant to reply to your text today. Uh, How do I feel? Well, I think you heard. There you go. Okay. Uh, Also, my brain doesn't work yet. Melanie Bronbeck, Michelle Chudzinski, Nancy Olson, Nicola Hill, Nicholas Skidmore, uh, Nicole Mustafa, Narantha Balagopal, Rachel Kuzma, Rebecca Dowson, Rob Bean, Samantha, Shauna Mandel, Sir Reginald Pennybottom, Susanna Perez, Wendy Fick, Brenna Derrett, Katie Joyner, Adam Rittenauer. Um, I think I nope. These are these are these are the wrong people. Okay. Oh. <laughs> we just should have ended with um. Katie Joyner. Well, Adam, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, for okay. supporting us at less than the five dollar level. <laughs> we but appreciate just you. Still supporting us. It's fully, fully appreciative, and uh, I think, quite frankly, you're a delight. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.